Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Man, oh man, oh man, Gary. Holy smokes. What a podcast today. We had uh, Ken Levine in here. This guy, uh, a uh, sportscaster, a uh, television writer. Like, And I don't mean like, uh, you know, he wrote for some animated thing. No, no, high end. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, no, he was Mash. great. He Mash. Was, he was out of this world good. What the hell? Mash. My God. Hey, a bunch of other th- shows, too. Frazier? Yeah. Get out of here. This guy uh, brings it, man. And he's got a podcast, uh, Hollywood Levine. does a bunch of stuff. Hey, listen, if you're into TV writing, yeah, yeah, listen to this podcast. I'm telling you that. And uh, I would bet money that this is one of our best podcasts. Hey, speaking of betting money. How about betonline.ag? These are the people we go to. Anytime we want to do anything gaming, we go to these people. We've meet, uh, we're here, midway point of the Major League Baseball season. Now I'm telling you, there are teams for real out there. Get out there and bet them. You can do in-game betting at betonline.ag. You can bet all sorts of crazy stuff at betonline.ag. And get this. If you sign up now, use the promo code PODCAST1, and you get a 50% welcome bonus. Holy smokes. You get to bet like... Two and a half times what you would normally say. I'm not great at math, but it's somewheres in there. You get a 50% bonus. Or you can text bet now to 238669. That's 238669. Just text that bet now to that number, and boom, you get the same 50% welcome bonus. You got British Open this weekend. Tiger Woods, Rory, uh, Rory, uh, uh, no, not Rory Sabatini. Rory Sabatini might be golfing in it too. Rory McElroy, Dusty John. You got all kinds. You got all kinds of white guys from America. They're going to go over there and try to make a dent. They're not going to do it. Uh, you, you got major. You got the whole oh man. Minnesota, Houston, the Dodgers, Yankees, Cubs, Braves. They're all going crazy. Bet your ass off at BetOnline.ag and just sign up now. Use the uh, use the promo code Podcast One. Boom, fifty percent bonus. So BetOnline.ag. Go there. They are our trusted sponsor in all things gaming and your online sportsbook expert. Time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Oh, brother! Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today, little brother, right around some of the classic sitcoms of all time. Cheers. Mash hosts a great podcast called Hollywood and Levine. Ken Levine, we're going to be talking to him in a second. First, let me thank the folks that sponsor this podcast for real. True Car, for all your car buying needs. Pluto TV, the free TV app. And betonline.ag, podcast one's trusted partner. In all things gaming, we've got Advice Corner, Fiery 4, Pop Quiz coming up, great show. And as always, before we get to my guest, Ken Levine, time for the Waterhouse Update, brought to you by Grape Canaveral, the box wine NASA trusts, Wimbledon Championships, men's match longer than a human fish concert, Novak Djokovic, beat Roger Federer, Midway through, the 63-year-old Federer finished paperwork and took his retirement pension. Women's, Simona Halep beats Serena Williams. See, there's two names a guy can pronounce. Halep is Romania's second women's champ after Katerina 
Dracula in 1857. That Wimbledon wrap-up brought to you by Pavlov's Dogs. The hot dogs you crave every time you hear a buzzer. South America's pastime baseball. The Dodgers going to be harder to catch than a glimpse of your neighbor's wife naked. Golf! Tony Romo defended his Tahoe celebrity golf title with a six-stroke win over Betty White. Dave Navarro was third. NBA! Houston trades Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook, his psychologist, and some illegal fireworks. That item sponsored by Nothing in Commune, the commune for total strangers. It's in Oregon. Here's a first cricket! England won its first ever World Cup in a super over, which is the exact phrase my ex used when she asked for a divorce. And finally, this week in sports history, the year 1928, the place Paris, France, Tour de France won by Nicholas France of Luxembourg. Weirdly, Nicholas Luxembourg of France finished second. This Waterhouse Update brought to you by Main Course Chewing Gum. Try our all-new Clams Casino. That does sound tasty. Now it's talk time. My guest today, great TV writer with credits like Cheers, MASH, he's a TV director, sportscaster, also hosts a great podcast, and it's called Hollywood and Levine. Ken Levine. Ken, how are you today? Oh, man, this is just such a thrill for me because I got into sportscasting because, you know, I'm a, a, a speed fish. Uh, uh, speed fish, international speed fishing. Speed fishing. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's sure. like, you know. You follow the sport. Oh, I, I, since I was a little kid. Well, then you I know. have the trading cards. You yeah, got, sure. So, you know, you are like a legend. Yes, well, you know, uh, Sven Nyquist is the big legend in international speed fishing. The Norwegian-led Norway is 17 championships. Yeah, but he is just so full of himself. He you is, know, yeah. You're relatable. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. You know, I'm up in the box, and I'll give him this. I will say this about myself. Uh, uh, the box is uh, n- uh, not heated, and, uh, you know, yearly in Cheddar Falls, Wisconsin in February, gets a little dicey. Yeah, it does, and that's the other thing about you. You do it without a parka. You know, I tried. I tried, but I had the parka, <laughs> and, yeah, no, I, ju- I just wasn't you. Now, uh, you know— Stealing uh, your phrases, though. Well, uh, let me tell you something. Uh, you know, when it comes to third-tier sports, uh, I do enjoy them. And I try to call them like they're the seventh game of the World Series. I always guess the athletic body type of my guest. Ken Levine, uh, looking at you, you have, the, you have the body type of a third-base coach. You have a little of that Robert Wolf from Bull Durham in you. You got, a little of the, you got the glasses. You got the calm demeanor. You look like at any point. Just uh, as you, long as they don't look like Herman Frank, who, remember, when he was the third-base coach, this wow. is like this this giant pair, this giant yeah, fat yeah. guy with a huge gut and two spindly legs. It's like, you know, when yeah. you're 50, you should not wear a baseball uniform, no matter who you are. <laughs> you should true. not wear a baseball uniform. Yeah, there should be some other kind of a, a, sort of a FedEx jumpsuit or something the coaches could wear. Exactly. So that when they're in the first and third base box, they don't look like they're uh, they're 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 uh, trying to escape their outfit. <laughs> Who is the the Yankee guy, the ball guy, Don uh, Don Zimmer? Don Zimmer. Yeah, yeah, he stretched the fabric too. Yeah, he really did. Yeah, he never backed off a dessert barge in his life. Uh, you grew up here in L.A. Yes, I did. That's impressive. Yes, I did. So now not you... many people in L.A. are into speed fishing. No, no. Well, you clearly got up to Big Bear a lot. Oh, all the time. Yeah, yeah. a lot oh. of people don't know Big Bear and Mammoth 
two hotbeds <laughs> for international spade fishing. And make no mistake, Big Bear and Mammoth do not like each other. <laughs> Plus, my high school, Taft High in Woodland Hills. Sure, the Taft president? The Taft uh, Taft Toreadors. The Toreadors. The Taft Toreadors. Wow. And our fight song was the On Wisconsin Fight Song. Get out! Yes. Go Toreadors. You know it. Something like that. So, you know, I just, I kind of was drawn to Wisconsin. Oh, it's a great place. I love the place. I got two lake cabins up there. One of them I can get to, and one of them I've forgotten where it is. And I can't. That's the one you invited me to stay at. <laughs> yeah, right, yes. right. But you probably got the GPS. So now, did you go to UCLA? Are you a fan of UCLA? What are the U, uh, What are the LA teams that uh, you uh, grew up enjoying? Yeah, well, I did go to UCLA. Oh, the Bruins. The Bruins, and uh, you know, fan of LA teams like uh, the Dodgers and the Lakers and uh, the Rams. Then I stopped being a Rams fan, and now I'm a Rams fan again. Once again, yeah. Yes. This uh, uh, Sean McVay kid's got a going on yeah what is he like at 19 yeah something like that yeah i mean you know this is unbelievable where the coach is younger than the players it's crazy yeah yeah Yeah, back in my day uh like max mcgee was uh, older than vince lombardi Uh uh-huh that was crazy well they should make him wear uniform then right vince lombardi no they yeah that's they should make the head coaches wear uniform no just like they do in baseball no 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 the head coaches in football uh, I cannot picture. You want to see Andy Reid and guys like that yeah, wearing uniforms? I, I, no, I don't want to see Hank Stram in a helmet. <laughs> it's ugly. It's an ugly thing. Well, his hair will come off in the helmet, so yeah, that's, that's not good either. He kind of was in a helmet. <laughs> uh, now, so what's your uh, so uh, your Lakers over Clippers? No, actually, like no, no. I was always a Clipper fan. Oh wow! You, uh, I, you know, look. A, I liked the fact that they were underdogs. Yeah. And B, when the Clippers came to town. I was able to get season tickets for like a fraction of what right. Laker tickets cost, and you saw the same teams. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, it's exactly. like Michael Jordan came in, and you know, Dr. J and everybody. You know, I got to see the same guys. You know, it's just that sure. I, I don't see Nicholson. And 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 the uh, the the sports arena back where the Clips used yeah, to play. Yeah, what a dump that uh, was. Yeah, but it kept the. Uh, Gutless uh, uh, Palisades riffraff out of there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you had to that's be. True. Diane Diane Cannon would not <laughs> no. set foot in the sports arena. <laughs> she is not. She's not parking her ass in the sports arena at all. So, uh, superstitions. Clippers or or uh, Rams? Who did you have any superstitions when you root for your teams? Um, do I have any superstitions? You know, that's a good question. Thank no. You. And uh, and when I broadcast baseball. Yeah, which you, know, you did a lot of. I did the Orioles, the Mariners, and the Padres. Mariners a couple of times, was it? Yeah, a couple of I times with the Mariners and the Orioles and the Padres. And there were a few times when I was in a no-hitter situation. And there's always the question of, do you say no-hitter? Are you oh, going to jinx yeah. the guy? I always said no hitter. Just Why? Said no hitter. Because A. Vin Scully said no hitter, and and B. I'm trying to get listeners. Yeah, you know absolutely. if if I'm listening to the radio and and I'm hearing a few minutes of the ball game and then I tune away and I find out there was a no hitter, I'm sure. pissed. Yeah, marketing. You were yeah. marketing the show for people. Right, sake. and I've had a couple of no hitters that actually came to fruition, even though, even though you I said it. no hitter. Here's yes. that was my thing. I always mentioned it after two outs in the first inning. <laughs> Got a no hitter going. Let's well, see not where with this the goes. not with the Mariners. <laughs> no, <laughs> not with the Mariners. Didn't even get that yeah, one. no. It's like, well, there goes the no hitter. We've just had the national anthem. <laughs> Guy on second. 
The ceremonial first pitch dinged in a center for a double. That'll drop. Uh, what was your homer call? Uh, oh, well, here was, here's the problem. This is a true story. Okay, when I got to Baltimore, I figured I really need a home run call. Okay. And so what I came up with was, ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has left the building. Nice! Okay? I used that a couple of times the first week. And then the second week, ironically enough, we were in County Stadium in Milwaukee. Oh, sure. And there's a long fly ball to deep right field. I remember Robin Yount was playing right field that day. And and my call is, there's a long drive to deep right field. Yount back to the track. Ladies and gentlemen, Elvis is off the top of the wall. <laughs> and that was the end of my, my home run call. Boxed, yeah. yeah, yeah. My partner was the great John Miller, sure. who did ESPN. Oh, did it's like my greats. second week. I'm a rookie, and he just, like, dropped his head down on the counter. Like, That's hilarious. Why do we hire this idiot? Yeah. <laughs> so that was mine the end is, of my uh, home run call. Mine is, uh, there's a... Uh, uh, Geronimo Rodriguez, there's a blast! Deep, deep, excuse me while I kiss the sky! <laughs> San Diego still losing 13-2. You know, I, I'll tell you another home run call of mine, and this again is a true story. When I first started, I was in Syracuse, the voice of the Syracuse Chiefs. We had a third baseman, this was 1988, we had a third baseman named Norm Tanucci, who was just a sweet kid, just couldn't hit worth a shit and uh and our station you know was was terrible at night we would lose the third base grandstand that's how bad it was wow. and people would complain but i would always say yeah but we're just the flagship station of the worldwide syracuse chiefs radio network <laughs> so, and yeah. and i would pause for station identification every half hour and i would say you know saying hi to everybody in the imperial palace in bhutan listening to syracuse chiefs you baseball tried to lighten tonight the load a tried to lighten it. so when norm tanucci came to the plate instead of saying well he's over june you know uh, struck out 70% of the time. Sure. I, I made up this whole bubamisa that he was a folk hero in Borneo. I said that his sure. father just parachuted in behind enemy lines. Sure, the Italian army. A lot of parachutists. Saved the people. And that, you know, the currency is in Tanuchas and 98% wow, of the babies born are named Norm. And, you know, meanwhile, he's going 0 for 3, 0 for 4, 0 for 5. And then one night, he gets a triple, his first at bat. And then he comes up, and I mentioned that he, he got a triple and that the people in Borneo are very excited. And the next pitch, he just smokes. And he hits a drive to deep left field. And I remember Steve Kemp was in the outfield. And my call was, there's a blast to deep left field. Kemp to the track, to the wall. No school tomorrow in Borneo. (laughs) Tanucci has left the building. (laughs) That anecdote brought to you by Scantastic. Give yourself an MRI at home for one-tenth the price of those fancy hospitals with Scantastic. Ken Levine, my guest, he was a sportscaster. He was, uh, uh, we could go on and on about sportscasting uh, with John Miller. My good, Well, hey, tell me, before we get into the comedy, because he got comedy chops up the ass here, and i got to dive into that. <laughs> but but, but uh, Johnny Miller, also a tremendously funny guy. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, uh, we uh, had a great time on the air. We would be goofing around. Sure, the you know, entire Back and time. forth, yeah. I got it. And, and the 
team was terrible. The year I was with the Orioles, we lost 95 games. Good Lord. So John and I had plenty of time to, to kibitz, to kibitz and, and fool around. And, yeah, he is a wonderful broadcaster. Oh, and now uh, uh, what's the worst uh, uh, situation you two were ever in? Do you remember a night that just wouldn't end? It was like a horrible. <laughs> oh, well, there was one night when John at the time used to do Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. So we had another announcer who would fill in on Sunday, and that was the great Chuck Thompson. But Chuck had to leave early. We were in Kansas City, and he had to leave early. So he could only do, like, the first two innings, and then I was going to do the rest of the game. Well, this turned out to be a doubleheader because we were rained out the night before. So, So the first game, he does the first two innings. I do the next seven. We're down eight to three in the ninth inning, and we tie the game, Uh-oh. which is like uh, I was not happy about that. And then we go, it's your own team. We go, we go three <laughs> innings and lose. Okay, so oh, now, so. now I'm off the air for like ten minutes. So I got to come right back on with a pregame show, sure, you know, and set up the whole thing, Sound and get the bubbly. lineups and everything. So there we go, game two. Ken Levan with a pregame show. Chuck Thompson on his way to Kansas City International. <laughs> We're losing eight to three in the bottom of the ninth Damn, inning, brother. and Kansas City ties it. <laughs> Kansas wow. City ties it, and we go like another four innings and then lose. And then I got to do the twenty-minute post-game show. I got off the air at like nine o'clock at night after we signed on at like twelve thirty, and it's like <laughs> two, ground two losses. Day. Yeah, two losses as a result. Ground That'd be my with, worst without the hot dame. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. went zero and two. All right, let's get into the writing. Now, when did you decide? Because you kind of dabbled in both, but you got into the comedy thing hard at a great. You had a partner. David yeah, Isaacs. David Isaacs. You, you mm-hmm. carried his ass for about two decades. <laughs> or, or vice versa, yeah. <laughs> so how'd you guys meet and, be, and decide you're going to write for TV and then get hired for classic shows? Well, I started out as a top 40 disc jockey when I got out of college. And I did that for a few years. And I got tired of being fired and, you know, sure, right, you yeah. know, Howard yeah. Stern moved on and I'm doing the Howard Stern stuff and getting fired. So <laughs> yeah. I figured, you know, there has to be something else. And I was in an Army Reserve unit and I met my partner, David Isaacs, at summer camp. And we were both talking and we both decided, you know, it'd be fun to try writing television. And I went back to San Bernardino after summer camp and promptly got fired again wow. and uh, came back home yeah, to live with my parents. Not part of the San Bernardino <laughs> radio market. No, no, it really isn't. Yeah, yeah nuance, you know, stops yeah, right. at Colton. No. Yeah. F me, F you. That's considered a snappy <laughs> comeback in San Bernardino. In Riverside, they don't even know what that means. No, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're a couple years behind. I San love Bernardino. you people in Riverside. In the Inland Empire, yeah, they, they, they look used up to, to call Hesperia. it. <laughs> the inland empire some empire they've built out that's there. right that's yeah. right it's hot it's hot <laughs> so um so i came back to live with my parents while i tried futilely to get another radio job and i called david and i said hey do you want to try writing something and uh, he said yes and uh, the rest is profit. We eventually, after writing a number of spec scripts, we sold to Jefferson's, who wow. better than a couple of Jews <laughs> sure. to write uh, Jefferson's. And then we did some freelance shows, Barney Miller and a show called Joe and Sons that I'm sure all of your listeners know, and, uh, and then got a chance to, to write MASH. And, That's uh, impressive. That was 
that's what really <laughs> launched our career. So it come in career. like what, season three, season, season four? Five. Season five. Yeah, season five. Yeah, season five, yeah. So it's rolling, mm-hmm. which in a way is even more pressure. Oh, absolutely. You guys are screwing up I mean, it goes Larry off the rails. Gelbart, the yeah. great Larry Gelbart, like the Mozart of comedy writers, wrote it for four years, and a year later, <laughs> Where's a couple Levine of and Isaacs? mucks <laughs> are trying to write it. We've got 8-3 lead in the bottom of the ninth. That's bringing <laughs> Levine and Isaacs to, to man the battery at Levine on the mound. Uh-oh, it's tied up, ain't it? You don't want that happening. <laughs> and, and it's happening, and yeah. It, and it didn't. You no, guys, no, we we we. Kept it going, and um, and then uh, Jim Burroughs called and said, "Great we're, director, we're, right? Like one oh, of the, great the, the best TV director of all." Time. Absolutely, and he and the Charles brothers were going to do a new show called Cheers, and he called me and said, "Would you and your partner want to produce it with us?" Wow! And we read That's the script nice. and said, "Yeah, wow. yeah." That, so well, that, we were with Cheers from day one. That's based off of great work. Yes. You know what I mean? That, well, thank uh, you. you know, yeah, great yeah, work yeah. for them. Not not saying yes. Great work for me. <laughs> no, but no, yeah. I understand. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it, it, there was a time, and I think it can still happen, but it's more sporadic in TV, it seems like. But, uh, you know, uh, um, um, uh, uh, merit uh, meant uh, maybe a little more at different times in the industry than, than it might uh, at other times. And I'm not saying uh, necessarily even today. Right. There were times back in the 40s and 50s where it all depended on who you knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, uh, you know, and, and that was a time where, you know, guys like uh, G- uh, Jim Burroughs just went, hey, hey, these guys can produce. Well, we they, had they, done they can, the Tony can, Randall right. show. We had done some episodes of the guy. Tony Randall show. And Jim directed a couple of our episodes. So Jim knew us. But it was very nice of all the people that he could have chosen the fact that he came to us. Uh, and it happened to be at a, you know, advantageous time for us when we were free. We weren't locked into anything. Right, right. So, uh, you know, the planets just have to line up for these yeah, things. Yeah, sometimes uh, simpatico, serendipity. Hey, that uh, that little gem brought to you by Sticklers.com, the anal retentive dating site. What's your favorite Cheers moment? My favorite Cheers moment is... Yeah, because is, that is a great quote you have about it, but I won't get into that. <laughs> well, you know, I think my favorite Cheers moment is from the first season, and it's the episode that Glenn and Les Charles wrote, the, the finale of the season, when Sam and Diane finally kiss, and there's that great scene, and they finally kiss, and the audience, the studio audience, just went bat shit right like and crazy. and yeah. i i turned to my partner and i said we peaked <laughs> there there <laughs> is it. nothing we can do <laughs> yeah. with these two people if they sleep together or they yeah. get married or whatever nothing the next is thing gonna we write, this, yeah, yeah. Is, is jumping the shark right <laughs> it's hard not to do that at that point right now you said and i think this was the show that that made you say that uh there, there are no jokes there aren't really punchlines. Everything comes from, from, character. from a character. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they can say a joke if it sounds natural in their voice. Right. And then sometimes you can kind of write a, a character that has a uh, snarky, kind of sarcastic edge, and you can kind of feed them the jokey jokes, and it'll sound kind of natural out of them. But, but, but by and large, got to come from the characters. Yeah, it has to come from the characters, and it has to come from the situations. And I find if you have a character and he has a certain weakness, exploit that weakness. Yeah. <laughs> okay? It's like you know, I, I mean, if, if you have a, this anal retentive character 
and he goes up to the ticket counter at United Airlines and finds out his flight has been canceled. Oh, yeah. What does he do? Yeah, okay. Yeah. What would so you're, you're, you're not writing jokes, but, you know, yeah. you, you can write a very funny situation. So you have to be basically sadistic to write comedy. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you got to be mean. You got, yeah, that's true. Exploit the weaknesses. If they don't hit the slurve, just pitch them slurves. Exactly. That's the funniest exactly. way to go about that. Now, uh, the, 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 the Frasier you worked on a little yes. bit, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Favorite Frasier moment, because that's a heck of a cast. That's a hell of a, an approach. Uh, without 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 over uh, conceptualizing the show, if I may get into the uh, the, the dime store words there, uh, uh, you know it's still a great concept, and then you lay in just great, uh, uh, like you say, it comes from the characters. Yeah, you got these guys who are sort of a, a highfalutin. And then the dad is just a blue-collar cop. Yeah, you want that contrast, you know. Yeah, it was great. Especially when you have guys who tend to be pretentious and full of themselves. You want somebody to burst the balloon. Right, right, You right. know, you want somebody to, you know, knock them down a couple of I like of that uh, Perry Gilpin gal on that. Oh, God, she's great. A lot of talent. She's, she's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah Very she, funny. She could bring it. So what's your favorite, uh, favorite uh, Frasier moment? Favorite Frasier moment was actually an episode that I directed, and it was an episode where Roz was pregnant, that's, and that's she, was, she was going to meet the parents of the father, and it would kind of give her an idea of what she could expect in terms of the baby. <laughs> yeah, and sure. the parents both had giant noses. Sure. Uh-oh, the Italian jokes are going to start flying. <laughs> okay. And uh, at one point, they're talking about a dog show, and uh, the the wife said, yes, we, we have two giant schnauzers. <laughs> and the cast could not hold it. Sure. <laughs> the cast could not hold. I mean, I've That's got great. David Hyde Pierce just falling over chairs. They could not hold. That, That's, That's probably yeah. my favorite yeah. Frasier when moment. When you can make professional actors of that caliber who've done decades of stage work and movies right. and TV. And, uh, and they lose their concentration. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I said to my cameraman, "If you see one of the actors go, and you're on one of the camera uh, on one of the actors, don't go to your next mark. Just stay with him. Stay with him. We'll, sure. we'll, we'll pick it up. And, and I have some priceless shots in that episode because of that. That that's probably my favorite favorite moment. Oh, well, the other favorites are you know when I see my credit. Sure, why that, not? That, that's that's my favorite. Absolutely. Yeah. Hang a shingle on that baby and jack up your rate for next season. <laughs> That tip, that business tip brought to you by Fertilitinis. Hey, speaking of Italians, the testosterone-boosting martini I love. Ken, they're from Italy. And damn it, the world's most frustrating board game. All right, listen, tell my listeners about uh, Must Kill TV. This is a thing you did, right? Yeah, Must Kill TV is uh, a novel that I wrote. And it's available on Amazon, if, if I may plug it. And basically what it is is you have a network president and the network that is kind of sputtering, but he has one huge hit show, kind of like Seinfeld, and it's coming up for renewal. And the Seinfeld character says, look, I, I don't want to do the show anymore. I don't need the money. Uh, and I don't need cars. I don't need anything like that. Uh, but finally, he has one thing that he needs, and he says to the network president, if you kill my ex-girlfriend, 
I'll renew. <laughs> and that's, that's basically what the book is about. That sounds like a comic, too. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, powerful on stage, but deathly afraid of confrontation off it. Uh-huh. Can't even break up. Just please, someone kill my ex-girlfriend <laughs> so I don't have to deal with it. And again, it's fiction. In my version, the network president wrestles with it. For a moment. <laughs> sure. <laughs> As opposed to the, the real guys that would just do, don't we have a hitman on speed yes. dial? <laughs> of course, yes. It, it's a complete work of fiction. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's great. Now, Hollywood and Levine, this is the podcast. That's a podcast. That's yep. killing. You're talking to you. Just talk to Jim Burroughs. Yeah, I, I talked to Jim Burroughs. He doesn't talk to anybody. I talked to, talk you to know, you. I talked to Al Michaels, and we spent about half an hour talking about speed fishing. Your name came up wow. four or five times. Yeah, I love Al Michaels. Uh, uh, I love it, uh, his appearance on the Howard Stern. I happened to catch that uh, during the OJ thing. Lest anyone uh-huh. uh, think that was a real call. There, were, there was a fake call that got through on the OJ thing. Uh, no, one, well, my Al Michaels interview Stern's, was uh, real. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no. yeah. And uh, Al Michaels, on the, the giant... Uh, who was their uh, their big guy anchor on uh, Peter uh, Jennings? Right, he was uh, hosting the whole uh, uh, schmear when uh, when uh, OJ was out there running around uh, in the slow speed chase, and uh, and uh, it was all heavy duty newsy 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 newsy. And then a guy calls in and uh, just does this uh, horrific uh, accent, and he's, uh, he's he's he claims to be watching OJ at that very moment in his house, uh-huh. and. Uh, you know, as a broadcaster, you could probably pick up that, you know, within 10 seconds, especially with your comedy background. Sure. I'm getting my leg yanked here. <laughs> Jennings never did. They're huh. 15 minutes in. He's still interviewing this guy. <laughs> and the guy's in an apartment in New York. He had no idea. He's just he's pretending to be somebody at the OJ scene. And finally... <laughs> Al Michaels has to break in, who's on the line because his friend OGs, they got him in there for color commentary on the whole craziness that was going on. And Al goes, uh, lest anyone think uh, that was real, that was a totally farcical call. I'll never forget that phrase. <laughs> totally farcical call. And then he had to set Peter Jennings straight on uh, the entire country of America, <laughs> straight on what that was. That's why I love Al Michaels. You're Al Michaels. This guy's a big deal. Yeah, no, I got Al Michaels and... I got Perry Gilpin, you know your favorite. Yes! I got Perry Gilpin she's, on there, she's wild. and I, and I also have episodes where I just tell war stories and talk about uh, the business, that type of thing. Well, you got plenty of war stories. The kind there. of crap I'm talking about here on this podcast—that's the kind of stuff I do on mine. And yeah, but it doesn't sound like crap on yours. Oh, thank that's you. Impressive. Oh, thank you. I, uh, this is why you're my idol. I have the <laughs> I have the market cornered on crap. <laughs> now listen, you're blogging every day. You got to get like uh, three to seven podcasts. You're writing plays, books. You're directing. Why not golf or fish? Why? Uh, why? Why you're setting the bar that high? What's going on with you? Hey, eh? you just uh, the kids out of the house. Kids are out of the house, oh, and 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 terrible. I can't play golf. I'm terrible. Are you terrible? Yeah, at I'm golf? terrible playing golf. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible playing golf. <laughs> so, wow, you got to be really bad at it's golf. It's hard you know to do speed do? fishing in right. Los Angeles. I'd rather write than play golf. That's when you know you're bad at golf. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> writing is hard. <laughs> and you're doing it. So you're now uh, directing. It's all directing. Yeah, you've been directing for how many years? Uh, about 15. That's big. Yeah. You're controlling it. you got to control everything. But then look like you're not controlling it, so nobody thinks, oh, he's the control freak. Here's the secret, Chet. When somebody asks you a question, answer them. Even if you don't know the answer, 
Make it Instead sound. of, you know, when a guy comes up to you because he'll go, uh, do you want the, the red cup or the blue cup? And you want to go, who gives a crap <laughs> which one? You know, if, sure. you, if you just say to the guy, I don't care, pick one, you know, his head will come off. But you can always just say, oh, red cup. Has to be the red cup. Sure, got to be the and red cup. And then the next day you can go and say, what's this red cup doing here? Give me a blue cup. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but keep off balance. Just, too, just, like just answer them. Just, just answer their That's questions, this whatever is the, they are. The perfect shoehorn into advice corner. A bonafide big time TV writer, Renaissance man. Uh, it's time for advice corner. Actual takeaway from the great Ken Levine. You just got a free one there about directing. Just, just make it sound authoritative and pull the trigger. Don't let anybody else make those decisions. Uh, all right, I'm going to ask you some questions. Okay, and then uh, you give a straight answer or as straight as you can, uh, and maybe a kid out there. Just a young nine or ten year old thinking about getting into TV directing. That's his dream. <laughs> so he listens to a podcast. Sure, he listens to a fake podcast. <laughs> <About> speed fishing. <laughs> With a completely fictitious host. Sure, I can't do that. When do you lose, in a script as a writer, when do you lose a joke that you love? Uh, you got a joke there. It's it's killing in your head. It might even be killing with people. But for some reason, you got to lose. When, when? When do you have to lose that joke? When the joke doesn't move the story forward or when the joke gets in the way of the story. That the story is the most important so part. So story's king. Story is king and you you take the joke out. Yep. Yep. Or if the show is long. You know, if the, yeah, show, yeah. If the show's long, you you got to cut it. But uh, a lot of times you'll come up with a really funny joke, but it takes you off in a different attitude. Yeah. And it just takes you away from the story. So Smart. you lose it. How do you handle a prickly showrunner if you're on staff or if you're a director, either direction? Uh, well, you know, as a freelance director, I just saw myself as a substitute teacher. So it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay, you want this shot? You want a two shot? Okay, you got a two shot. I'm out of here on Friday. Yeah. I don't have to live with this guy, you know. And Work uh, on short time frames is what you say. Yeah. All right, midnight rewrite. What's your go-to pick-me-up in the writer's room? You know you're, gonna, you're starting the rewrite at midnight. You know there's going to be three, four hours. Okay, this is actually good advice. Bananas. Really? Yes, because you need the potassium. Eating the junk food, the candy, the red vines, stuff like that, not going to no, no. re- really help you. But bananas. You know what? I, that's in, I have a sponsor. Bananas, the banana guaranteed to ripen tomorrow. Quick tip for breaking out of a joke slump. If you're writing and you just, yeah, yeah, you know, it's not. Steal one of yours. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I, you know, I wondered why yeah, some of the young kids were <laughs> nipping at my heels there. All right, last question in Advice Corner. Press box food you should avoid. Let's go sportscaster with this one. Uh, well, what's the press box food? Ooh, always looks enticing, uh, but you should probably lay off it. Yeah, uh, any kind of enchiladas. You have no idea what those things have been swimming in and how long they have been there. Swimming yeah. in. They've yeah. been there so long they're doing the backstroke. <laughs> yeah. That's how long those enchiladas have been That Advice Corner brought to you by U-Drive, the app that lets you rent your own car to take you wherever you want to go. Hey, listen, uh, it's podcast time here, of course. Uh, we're right in the middle of my podcast here with the incredible Ken Levine. Uh, 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 stay tuned here on P- uh, Podcast One. Uh, we got all the podcasts you need. If, if you're a true crime fan, uh, the Court Junkie podcast is now here on Podcast One. Imagine being wrongfully convicted for a crime you didn't commit or a killer. 
still on the loose, even though there's enough evidence for an arrest. The Court Junkie podcast shines a light on the injustices of the judicial system with deep dives into court documents and interviews those closest to the case. Download new episodes of Court Junkie podcast on Apple Podcasts and right here on Podcast One. All right, man, now listen to me. Oh, this is a big one. It's time for the Fiery Four. The Fiery Four. Ken Levine, these are sports takes hotter than a Brazilian weather girl during sweeps. Fire number one. Can the Dodgers stay loose enough to win it all, or will their larynx start to close like they're allergic to peanuts? <laughs> Can they make it go over this Yeah, year? I do. I, th- I think this year they, they have a shot. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they do. And I think, incidentally, uh, my, my dark horse, everybody was picking uh, Cleveland there, but I think the Twins just proved they, they're for real. Yeah, the Twins are for real. I wonder if they can continue hitting the way they have yeah. for an entire season. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And Cleveland is not going away. No. But the Dodgers have they have enough talent for two teams. They really do. They really they are, do. They are so deep. That leads us right to question number two. Are the Twins for real? Could they wind up against the Yanks? The Twins. That's the Twins. That's, That's the, the Twins. Okay. Twins cannon fodder. <laughs> I hope they do. I hope they do. I, you know, I, I have to say, I love Target Field. Yeah. Oh, Target Field is one of the best stadiums in baseball. Great place to see yeah, a ball game. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I, I'm, I'm kind of rooting for the Twins. It would be kind of nice to have a, uh, a rematch of the 1965 World Series. Dodgers and Twins. That's right. That's right. The infamous. Sandy Kovacs. Sure, I remember that old thing. Fire number three. (laughs) He's deep into the lineup. Is Chip Kelly the right guy to bring UCLA football back to prominence? No. No? (laughs) No. I just, I'm not a huge Chip Kelly fan. No. That's just me. That's just me. And there's something about that program, Chad. I don't know. It's up like no. Down. It's like no matter who they have. Up and down. You know, I don't quite get it. Yeah, they just, you know, where's... Where's Terry Donahue when we need him? Yeah, yeah. You know? Bob Toledo had that great run, and then they had to make up the Hurricane game and went south. That's right, yeah. Well, make up. Yeah. Just t- t- you know, the, the, you know they, they'll, 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 have, they'll have a great half a season, and then they'll lose to Washington State. <laughs> <laughs> up in Pullman during a blizzard. Finally, fire number four. All right. Favorite sportscaster under 50. None of the, we know all the legends. Right. Who are you liking nowadays when you watch a ball game? Who do you think to yourself, nah, that, that kid's calling a good game? His name is Jason Benetti, and he is the TV announcer for the Chicago White Sox. And he is the next Vin Scully. Wow. Yeah. You know yeah. who I like? I like that uh, uh, Vasgurgian. Vasgurgian. Matt Vasgurgian. Yeah, I uh-huh. like that kid. Well, he's kidding. just under 50, probably. You think so? <laughs> he looks, he's he's been around. Yeah, he's been around. <laughs> yeah, but, been around, uh, but no, Jason Benetti, that's the eight. guy. The Vascurgian started yeah. when he was eight years old. So I think and also did the Syracuse Chiefs. What? Uh, yeah. Benetti? No. Yeah, Benetti did the Chiefs, as did uh, Matt Vascurgian. Holy smokes. As did uh, Sean McDonough. Wow. Uh, as did Dan Horde, who was the voice of the Cincinnati Bengals and the University of Cincinnati Bearcats. 
You know, we all came. Wow. The Syracuse Syracuse. The Mac cradle of coaches for announcers. That's right. That fiery four brought to you by Miserati, the Jewish sports car. Now I understand you may have a pop quiz for me. I do. The the Uh, legendary uh, Ken Levine, this guy, sports I do. No, I know you can uh, solve anything, right? uh, No, I'm horrible at this. (laughs) I'm I'm four for seven. But hang on. We do have a theme song. Here, here's it. Boom, pop, 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 pop. Pop quiz. There you go. Wow. Yeah, none of that uh, fancy. How, how, how much did you spend for that? theme songs there. Huh? I'm not wasting any money trying to get one of those guys in here. Wow. That's, that's very Thank impressive. You. Yeah. Jay Tarsus isn't weighing in on my theme song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number one. There we go. Who is the only first lady to carry a loaded revolver? Well, it wasn't Mary Lincoln. Nope. Or she'd have fired back. I uh, should have killed herself, but yeah. <laughs> or somebody, she would have fired. Right. At the very right. least. Yeah. I'm going to go with, uh, and it wasn't any of the assassinated guys, so that rules out to them. Uh, the other ones, they tried to, who'd they try to kill? What, fir- what first lady was packing? Look at, look at Ken trying to keep me on point. <laughs> you have worked in baseball booth with John Miller. <laughs> All right. Uh, I am going to go with, uh, uh, I'm gonna go. Oh, this is good. I'm gonna go with um, um, uh, Teddy Roosevelt's wife. No, but you're sort of close. It was a Roosevelt, Eleanor Roosevelt. Eleanor Roosevelt. Eleanor Roosevelt. Wow. Yeah, was was packed. I know a lot of people think it's Melania, but she's not allowed because no, no. she's on suicide watch. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Sure. All right. Wow. Oh, one, but. Uh, I'll give. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, it, it's it, she could she could back up her pacifism. <laughs> exactly. Roosevelt. Yeah, you did not screw with her. Back which country? Yeah. Which one, one. country consumes more Coca-Cola per capita than any other nation? Uh, Thailand. No, Iceland. 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 Yes. Wow. I didn't know there were rednecks in Iceland. Did well, you? No, no. Listen, what they do there. The thing in Iceland. They can just walk down the street, chip off ice into the glass, and boom, what tastes better over ice? Exactly. I'm 0-2, damn it. Exactly. Well, let's see. How many of these questions can I give you? How many you got? I got like another three. Let's do them. All right. right, Here we go. I still got a chance to win. What is the percentage of American men who say they would marry the same woman if they had to do it all over again? All right. Now, I don't know math very well. Are there negative percentages? <laughs> Just asking. <laughs> no. Rules no. clarification. No, no. I'm going to go... It, it'll surprise you. Uh, 53. Nope. 80. 80 percent. My wife guessed 30. Yeah, I think she's right. Being married to me. That whole survey is they asked the survey question uh, while the wife was standing there in the mall. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. What are you going to say? Exactly. All right. Okay. Let's see if I can't pull. What's the state with the highest percentage of people who walk to work? Uh, The state with the highest percentage of people who walk to work is Washington State. No, but you're close. Oregon. Alaska. Alaska? Yeah. Well, the no. weather's always great. I mean, yeah, yeah Alaska. Well, yeah, yeah, you know where they're walking. They're walking just over the ridge where their snowmobile is. All right, and walking. I'm gonna gonna finish oh, up four. with a sports question that you might actually. All right, get. damn it! Let All me right, see if I can't pull. All right, everybody out of my knows ass. about Sandy Koufax, perfect game. Sure. Okay. Who was his catcher? And the catcher also caught Nolan Ryan's first no hitter. Del Crandall <laughs> took a shot. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, you just, Del Crandall was, was 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 with Milwaukee. Yeah. Joe Torrey, so you just that that's, that's your go to. Yeah. You just go right to that's anyone in Milwaukee. Yeah, sure. yeah, Joe Adcock. Yeah. Frank Torrey. No, no, Jeff Torberg. Jeff Torberg. Jeff Torberg. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He also caught Bill Singer's no hitter. Holy smokes! Yeah. Then yeah. he went on to manage for. That's Ohio. right. Yeah, for the White Sox a number of places. Yeah. Well, there's the first zero and five. <laughs> Well, they were tough questions. Ken Levine throwing heat. He's not even nibbling at the corners. That fiery four brought to you by... Oh, no, wait. That was... Uh, I'm all done with that. We'll clean that up in editing. That pop quiz brought to you by Grampoline. The goose down trampoline for retirees. Easy does it with Grampoline. All right, my guest today, the hilarious and extremely talented Ken Levine. Follow him on Twitter at Ken Levine. Catch his podcast Hollywood and Levine, where, where do they go to for Oh, they can go on iTunes or any of the apps. There's also a uh, website, Hollywood and Levine. You can go to my blog. Blogs it's on there. KenLevine.blogspot.com. Right, right, it's there, yeah. That's, uh, he's everywhere. Just go and uh, believe me, it's worth it. Ken, thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Chet. Follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse and follow my comedian buddy at Real Jeff Cesario. Visit jeffcesario.com for upcoming dates. And so, ooh, he's taping his album at Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis, September 26th and 28th. Go join him there. Thanks to all of you for listening. Support my sponsors, True Car and BetOnline.ag and at Pluto TV. That's a fun thing. You can watch TV right on your phone. If you want more of me this weekend, I'll be in West Lake Havasu, Arizona, working the concussion protocol booth at the third annual Speedboat Selfie Snap-Off. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.